All right, all set? Mm-hmm. Wait, how do I start this thing? Welcome back to <laughs> Tim Talk, the only podcast Line. in the animated universe. Line. Co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord, and I'm Cameron Dexter. <laughs> and today we have a wonderful guest for you. You've heard him once before on the podcast. Twice before on the podcast. Twice before on the podcast. Yeah. Are you recording this? I mean, it, it has been recording for a bit here. <clears throat> well, all right, now we can actually get this thing going properly here. Welcome, fuck, welcome back to Tim Talk. <laughs> do whatever you want. Welcome to another. This episode. is an improvised podcast. <laughs> do you want me to take over? <laughs> so broken. No, no, I got this. I got this. Uh, welcome to episode. Hang on, I got now. Jesus Christ, Chris. <laughs> welcome to episode 114 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe, co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And we have returning once again our good friend and big fan of Superman and of course Batman Beyond, Vasilius. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks. Hey, I, thanks. Uh, it's a very I, comfortable couch. Sorry, I can't <laughs> let this go by. Chris, we've been doing this for a hundred. In 14 weeks, <laughs> and yet somehow I you still treat it like it's something so new and fresh. I couldn't remember how to start. That's fine. It's, Welcome it, back, Vasilis. It's, it's sad, but it's also very nice and sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Vasilis, you got you got a, a wonderful insight into what a shambolic production this is. I don't know. Every <laughs> single week? I don't know. This <laughs> this studio is just like top of the line. Well, you can see our, our little Foley room where we add in all of our birds chirps uh, mm, car chirps, noises cars dogs. closing doors yes uh yes all of the fantastic sounds of real hollywood folks yeah yeah that's right he's got a full staff here <laughs> full <laughs> staff oh my god uh, well, i'm glad we're starting off even messier than normal somehow <laughs> what i love too is last week like to fuck with you cameron i didn't say anything to see if you could <laughs> you could great. roll with it, and now this week I couldn't do it. Yeah, and I just did the intro perfectly. <laughs> you did while t- while texting somebody or yeah. typing something into his phone. <laughs> yeah, Cameron, you're better at hosting this thing while you're not paying attention than I am when I'm like fully invested. No, but that's not the story we've crafted for our for our listeners, Chris. I'm supposed to be the one that doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> We can't we can't pull back the curtain that far that I'm actually the one that leads everything. Oh, that's true. I know. You're the um I had a reference for this and it was gone. <laughs> Fuck. The sidekick? The <laughs> No, there's like oh, there there's a version of Sherlock Holmes where Watson's the real detective and Sherlock Holmes is like a oh. facade. It's basically just a rip off of Remington Steel, which is also a reference I could have used. <laughs> yeah. Both that both I would have not ever known what you're talking about. That's true. Cameron doesn't know anything beyond anime. Uh, or animation, yeah, which is how I'm going to use a clunky ass segue hey, to talk about it. news this week. Because there's a lot of animated news. There is. Um Cameron, where do you want to start with this? We have a long list. Uh, let's end with the one I'm most excited to talk about. So we'll start with <laughs> Toy Story 4. Oh, interesting. This is not the thing. Oh, I know you're most excited yeah, about. I mean, obviously. Okay, Vasilis, did you watch the Toy Story 4 trailer? I did. Did I it did. make you cry? No. <laughs> <laughs> did it make you guys cry? Because no, every me... headline I saw online was like, the Toy Story creators want to make you cry if you watch this. I mean, they do. They do. Like, it. I'm not going to say that I cried because I'm more or less incapable of crying. <laughs> But was it you that made the argument that after Wally, Pixar stories went from being 
emotionally compelling to forcing emotion. No, that was you, Cameron. Yeah, that Did was. I say that? Yeah, that was. <laughs> I, was I said that something was so you. prolific. That and was smart. you quoting like, <laughs> a, a blogger. It was like a video blogger or somebody yeah, exactly. had this theory. It was you, you quoting you, like a video essay. Me. Yeah. You took I it like that? it was your it own was, thing. It was, it was. And I thought Toy Story 3, which was great, was this a, 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 a great example of that. I mm. thought it was still a great example of that. Yeah. Trying to make you cry and not happening to make you cry. Yeah. And I thought this trailer is more of the same. I think this movie is going to be interesting because we, we I've had a lot of conversation with people about like where do you go for a for the for a toy story, um, nailed it, um, <laughs> and I and you know there was I had this idea of like DIY being part of it of like how do you live in a society where technology has become so rampant where DIY is becoming so such a popular thing where you don't have to buy toys you can make toys now, but I think showing the next step of like toys feel responsible for happiness i feel like that's such a fascinating and it fits kind of the the story of like where our generation is now because you know we have friends that are having kids now and you know they're responsible they feel responsible for the next kid's happiness you know it's not about them anymore it's about someone else and that's yeah exactly like how dare you reproduce in a time like this um (laughs) and i feel like that's what you know the woody story is going to be this time is like i've done my time with a kid but it's still not over like i'm still responsible for other kids happiness and how can i do that and and you you feel like this trailer leads in that direction Mm -hmm. yeah see i my read on it was him deciding to finally do something for himself for once well, you're wrong. <laughs> no, it's like he decided he's contemplating staying behind to be with Bo rather than going back to Bonnie. Mm-hmm. That's about him. Maybe he's finally doing something for himself. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the conflict of interest. Doesn't it's he like, almost I, do that in the last couple movies as well? Um, he does that with like Jesse, right? And then, or he thinks about it with Jesse and the horse, right? And then he thinks about bullseye, bullseye horse. And the, the horse. Bullseye, bullseye. And then I'm a huge Pixar fan. And in the third one, doesn't it like because it all seems like really good with the with the big fluffy bear in the third one? Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one is they're all being donated, right? Uh, and he wanted to stay with his friends, so he got in the box. Okay. No, he was trying to get everyone out of the box. Out of the box. Um, what? Yeah. Clap don't, on. Don't know that song. What? What? It's a, it's a kid show. Um, Which kid show? It's a, out of the box. Is a an show an, called Out of the Box? I'm pretty sure. Show. When did this air? I don't know. Japan, I, Tokyo. It's not, no, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a baby's show. Because it's not important. Um, How do you know about this show? Because I'm a child. He, <laughs> you ask. Um, yeah, the the third one from from memory serving is. Uh, Andy puts all the kids in the donation box. What are all the kids in the donation box? All Who the are they toys in the, the donation to? box for the children, for Sunnyside. Uh, and Woody's trying to get them oh, out. It's going to be a long one. Falls in. <laughs> yes, it is. It's going to be a long one. The trailer was great. Uh, what's next? <laughs> I mean, I, I one little, final thought on the Toy Story 4 trailer. I loved the use of Beach Boys. Um, mm. what's, what's the name of the song? But like, Nobody But You or I Can't See Me. Wait. I'm conflating songs. Yes. I don't know what song you're talking um, about. See, I thought it was going to... When I saw the first teaser of the movie, I thought it was going to be like about 
like an existential crisis. Like mm-hmm. what makes a toy? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I thought. And then the second trailer, that seems like it's I, not going to go I still kind of see that with Forky. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I, I don't want to have this mentality, but I think it's Pixar just being like, we need a new mascot. Uh, here <laughs> we want to save money are they gonna so change funny. all of the sporks on pixar pier to now be forkies oh absolutely are you kidding which me? is but that's actually kind think of, there's gonna be a whole stand where you can build your own sporky the kind of horrifying thing about that though is that everyone's there's gonna be so many thrown out sporkies yeah it's gonna traumatize so many children mm-hmm. exactly that's fine pixar loves to traumatize no children. but see that's what they're gonna do is there's all the thrown out ones you know at night the janitorial the the third um shift the third shift staff is going to come. They're going to collect them all. There's going to be an army of them the next morning. Just killing people. Just preparing for battle. <laughs> Just taking out eyes one spork at a time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, did you guys watch the Stranger Things 3 trailer? I did watch the Stranger Things 3 trailer. Yeah. So good. Great. I thought it was great. Yeah. Super excited for it. It feels like a horror sandlot, and I'm so down for it. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Mm. Mm-hmm. Also, I've never seen The Sandlot. Really? What? Yeah. Wow. How? I, like, it's as, on every channel every day. Because when I was a kid... When the ev- Sandlot is a movie that I'm pretty sure is shown more on television than any other film. It's like inescapable. It is. I'd yeah. say... You were, you were fighting I, it. Outside it of The Shawshank Redemption, it's the most played movie on cable. Also, I've never seen all The Shawshank Redemption. I don't, I don't fault wow. you for that. It's, it is a million hours long. Yeah. But, but Sandlot... Is it one of those movies where you've seen like enough... I've, I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah, I've like I, I know what it's about. They play baseball. It's set in the fifties. There's this big monster dog owned by James Earl Jones. At the Bay end, Bruce. is like just a total normal looking dog. Someone tells someone else they throw like a girl. You play ball like a girl. Yeah. So <sighs> like, I know the broad strokes of it. But yeah. when everyone else is watching Sandlot as a kid, I was watching like <laughs> Blazing Saddles. You, you're Animal out House. That does explain stuff. a lot, honestly. Yeah. Doesn't it? Doesn't it really, it really explain really a lot, does. though? Yeah. Uh-huh. I have no sense of childhood wonder. Sandlot is such a like, quintessential summer film, though. Like, yeah. I feel like every indie, every, uh, like, uh, coming-of-age indie film that we've gotten in the past 15 years has just been trying to recreate Sandlot. Yeah. So? Watch the damn movie, Chris. I think it's overrated. There, I'm going to say it. I've I've watched so much for you. <laughs> what? And, and what you have I forced you to watch? Uh, I mean, not forced, but shamed me into watching. <laughs> where I've given the same review with with Shawshank and The Godfathers, where like I've seen enough from parody that I don't have to watch the film, but I did it. Did it for you. We have never talked about The Godfather we in the entirety the of our friendship. No, yes, we absolutely have. <laughs> Uh, Vasilius, I don't know if you're aware of this. We actually brought you here to be a couples counselor for Cameron and myself. All right, guys. So let's begin. <laughs> he doesn't listen to me. Um, well, is, it's not your time to talk. This is Chris's time. Uh, is actually, right he's now? right, though. I'm never listening to him. Music is playing these headphones right now. <laughs> you see? You see? Everything's a joke to him. I'm trying to have a serious, serious relationship conversation. Uh-huh. And he's just... He doesn't even think you're a real counselor. He thinks this is all a bit. But you are here to counsel us. I am. I am. I mean, all good couples counselors wear Batman Beyond t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. And then I cut the whole thing together after to make myself sound like a really good counselor. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's why yeah. we're recording it. That's, That's why, why we're here. Recording. Anywho, Stranger Things 3. Yes. It looks yeah. great. Looks fun as fuck. Cannot wait. I'm glad it got really dark at the end of the trailer. 
Mm-hmm. Like it really got really intense because that's what I, I, I look. That's what I would look forward to because I want them to keep pushing the envelope with that. With the, and there's only going to be four, right? It's only going to be four. Four seasons? episodes? Oh, four seasons. seasons. Four seasons. I think there's only going to be four. I would. I, I would rather this be a, a more limited series. Like I don't want this no, to go on forever. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think the the creator said there were only going to be four. Okay. Um. So yeah, I would do want them to keep pushing because I I felt like in the first season I didn't get enough of the monster and the second season was better and I would just want them to keep pushing it. Yeah. I because there's still a lot of questions from two we have to answer that I don't mm-hmm. think we can get through in three. Mm. Uh, cause especially all of the other numbers. Oh, I forgot that oh, was a that's thing. Right. Yeah, cause they were in one episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's right. Like, when 11... Oh yes, yeah, so we have this whole other storyline. Let's just forget that. That was the name. worst episode. Mm-hmm. That was the worst episode. It had the most potential and just fell flat. Yeah. Yeah. Because it felt so out of left field. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of things that potentially fall flat, <laughs> Titans. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 Titans, Titans, Titans casting, yeah. Wait, the, so why are we why are we talking about this? Because it's the news section. It's the news section. No, why are we talking about Titans? Well, it's re- relevant and casting. It's something we can shit on. Hmm. Yes, I see. It's yeah. to feel superior to something. I see. I Look see. how smugly I'm sitting right now. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> this is what I want to be doing uh-huh. at the moment. But well, I did actually want to talk about one thing specifically in regards to Titans because it is well documented that I hate this show. Mm-hmm. Even though I was on board with it until, I think, episode 10 of 11. And then it just went so far downhill that I hate the damn thing now. And As I, a listener, I've never been more happy to see that happen about anything. <laughs> to watch me finally admit that to I was wrong. To watch you finally, while I'm, like, rubbing my face through the Titans talk. <laughs> to, to go, like, Chris is, Chris is better than this. Cameron... <laughs> But Chris is Chris is better than this. Cameron, we expect this from Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I give hope it, to everything. I was just I was trying so hard to be on board with it until know, the and end. I didn't get and, it. I didn't. And I, just I didn't feel get like it. now with season two, they're trying to get people back. Like they've cast Superboy, which I don't think we talked about that casting. It's some Australian dude. Cool. He's not Down. quite handsome enough to be perfectly honest. No offense, dude. Whatever your name is. Um, they're bringing in Deathstroke. They announced who that was. Uh, I had it up here. Isai Morales, who I don't really know who that is. Um, if you look at a photo of him, he basically looks like a TV version of Deathstroke. Like, he looks like he'd be on TV. Maybe he's on Riverdale. He looks kind of familiar. Uh, it I'll doesn't really that. matter. Oh, yeah. I've seen this guy before. Yeah. I don't know where. It doesn't uh, matter. He was in NYPD Blue. He was in Caprica. I watched an episode of that. Oh, was he the uh, lead in Caprica? Potentially. I think maybe that's why he looks familiar because I saw those promos. Ozark, The Brink, I never watched. A lot of stuff I never watched, but his face looks very familiar. (laughs) One of those faces. But the more exciting thing is they've cast Jericho. I don't really know anything about the character Jericho. You don't? Oh, Jericho has a great backstory. What's his deal? Uh, He is Deathstroke's son, firstborn son, Mm -hmm. uh, who joined the Titans. No, started off as a villain, was attacked by... Slade? I think Deathstroke attacked him. Okay. Uh, Deathstroke slit his throat, so he lost the ability to talk. Okay. Uh, and he, he he's kind of had different iterations of powers. At one point, he was kind of like Rogue. Okay. Where he could just take other people's powers. Um, but his version in Titans is great, because he can take over people's bodies, including oh. their powers. Why is he called Jericho? Is that just his name? Uh. 
I think so. Okay. Um, this doesn't like allude to. Is, like, is Jer- I feel like Jericho is some thing, Isn't right? Jericho is a biblical thing. Yeah. So Jer- the the story of that Jericho is right. when like the armies of Israel paraded around the cities of Jericho, and then they uh, they all shouted out, and all of the instruments played at the same time, and then the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Okay. Yeah. So I thought it might be like a voice-related power, like uh, a, I mean, he's Joseph mute. Voice. So that was—I think that was his original power. Was with or maybe voice. it's the use that his name's ironic because he can't talk. Mm-hmm. Joseph William Wilson was his original name. Uh, abilities: motor function control of others through eye contact. Yep, uh, and then oh, skilled right. hand-to-hand combat. Yes. Well, I mean, who isn't if you live with Slade Wilson? Yeah. But what's exciting about the casting is. Uh, Oh, who's the actor? Chella Man is the actor they've cast, and he is a deaf, trans, Chinese, Jewish actor. That is awesome. <laughs> also very, very handsome. Um, just extra bonus points there. But no, that's just cool. It's like, I think TV has always been a little bit further ahead of film in terms of representation on screen. Um, so that's like one saving grace of the Titans universe, that it's actually kind of pushing that forward a little bit more so than other versions are. Mm-hmm. That being said, the show is terrible. But I'll I'll continue to say Doom Patrol is continuing to get better every week. I know. I need to. It I need to watch good. it. This last week's episode or this week's episode was fantastic. Oh, I will I know. say. I know. I need to watch it. It was just, it was a great story. Great characters. The time? They introduced uh, the other members of Doom Patrol from the comics. Oh really? So we got to meet Mento. Oh. Uh, he was great. Uh, it's, it's good. It's good. The Freshmaker? Hmm? Mento, the Freshmaker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. We should also probably talk about not the biggest piece of news for Cameron personally, but the biggest piece of news entertainment-wise oh, for yeah, a long time. I mean, it still affects me. Well, yeah, because it affects everybody. That's like, it It's going to affect this entire industry, an entire city for a long, long time. Of course, we're talking about the closing of the merger between Fox and Disney. Yes. It's... It's, yeah, lots of layoffs already happening, expected, uh, closing down of huge divisions of Fox, including, um, like Fox, what's it, Fox Searchlight, Fox 2000? It's Fox 2000. Fox 2000, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, so the, the, the branch of Fox that made the Devil Wars Prada, that made Hidden Figures, that has kind of made a lot of these cool indie films, that's getting shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I assume they would just put it, put that, all that behind, uh, Searchlight, cause that's still alive for now. Yeah, I think it's going to be alive for now, but you know, we're, what's the real problem we're going to see here is we're going to see a, just a, a massive drop in the number of movies made. Because I heard someone say that Fox makes like 18 movies a year. I don't think that's a bad thing, though. I think it just is. In gen- just in general, though. I think, I, I don't know, I think that might speak to like the, disposabi- like the feeling of disposability of films. It's like that there's so many films that you're not allowed to actually like dwell on them and like consider them and... Cure- immediately onto the next film mm-hmm. and they don't hold this like a spot in your mind anymore. I think that part of it I think is good. See, yeah. I, I agree with that general notion, but I think actually the opposite is going to be happening here because what we're going to see now is, well, yeah, we're, we're, gonna see, <laughs> we're going to see frozen four yeah. frozen forever after frozen four, more like frozen 14. Yeah. yeah. We, we're just going to see more tentpole films. I mean, you look at Disney's slate this year, Right, so what? Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. Dumbo, yep, 
Avengers. Mm-hmm. Endgame. Yes. Uh, and then Lion King. Aladdin. Oh, yeah, Aladdin, Lion King, mm-hmm. Star Wars. Yep. Frozen. Yep. Um, what other Pixar movies that are coming out this year? Oh, Toy Story 4. We Toy were just Story talking 4. about one earlier. Yeah, yeah. Like, So they have, like, Eight. they are <laughs> making, like, all the biggest movies that are coming out this year. Um, so what we're going to see is fewer movies made, and the ones that are getting made are going to be... Safe. Safe. That's a very good way of putting it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily generic, because they're still good at making those big temple movies good, but they're going to be really safe bets. And I think... But that, that, that's already a shift we've been seeing in Hollywood, though. Yeah, is, but is, this we've is... we talked about many, many times, the um, that kind of middle... the What is it? Like the $10 million movie... No, sorry. The $50 million movie isn't made anymore. No. Anything, everything is under 10 or over 100. And But so I think, just to your point, what's going to happen, though, is that people are going to be seeing fewer movies that actually speak to them. Right? I mean, because mm-hmm. even if a lot of movies are made, that means that there can be a greater variety in the kind of stories we're telling, who the type of characters we're showing those stories, what stories are about. And I think we're going to see that get further and further consolidated. Right? So you look at something like, I've talked about this a lot. Love, Simon was my favorite movie that came out mm. last year. That movie was made by Fox. Mm. Not for political reasons, but just in terms of like, you know, budget and you know, safety reasons. Would Disney have made something like that? You know, again, you're talking about like a, a mid-budget range film that opened wide. That's not necessarily a movie they're going to make. Well, mm. I, think that's, I think the biggest change that's going to come out of this and what Netflix has set itself up for is all of these filmmakers are now just going to jump to streaming. We're going to get more to all the boys I loved before. Um, which, which is great. Yeah. But there is still something to be said for the value of opening in theaters. It's the same reason that um, John Chu and the, the writer of Crazy Rich Asians, I can't remember his name, they opted to go for Warner Brothers rather than Netflix. It was less money in the deal, mm-hmm. but it was going to open one. And sometimes that's really, really important. Oh, absolutely. Like that. So yeah, we're going to still get lots of stories that are going to be shown on Netflix. In terms of Netflix. like, in, in terms of impact, in terms yeah. of like the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms when of you, cultural when impact. When you can go outside and yeah. see other people enjoying your culture mm. is very different than basking in it in bed. And, mm. you know, when stuff is released on Netflix, we don't get the box office number. So there's not the actual... Uh, there's no, really there's no, no way like tangible way of going, look, this was a success. So that's why movies like Crazy Rich Asians, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, I mean, they're all big studio films, but they have proven to defy the assumptions about what sells. Mm-hmm. And if all that stuff goes to Netflix, that same sort of cultural impact won't be there and actually become more disposable in a lot of ways. And I love what Netflix is doing, but it becomes even more so like, oh, that was the movie that came out in like two months ago. Like that's the thing with Netflix, right? It's about once a month or so they put out something that captures everyone's attention and then it gets replaced by whatever the next Netflix thing is. Right. Well, but then you have the new argument of Roma where you do oh, a, yeah. a, double, a double release. Like if will theaters, now that there's less competition, will theaters be more open to riskier films for them to promote? Probably like not. I mean, like, yeah, there's still, I mean, with less theaters, sorry, with less production houses, that doesn't mean less films are going to be made. Right. It just means, um, it's the same people are going to be making all of them. Yeah. Uh, so now it's up to the theaters to make that decision of do we want 
only big movies that we know are going to fill seats, but we're just going to have to either put them in, you know, open more theaters to the same movie, or do we want to take risks on these smaller films that are going to be huge online? Uh, will people still like, is this movie going to be big enough where people will want to see it on screen on a bigger screen? Well, why can't they just, they have like a theatrical release and then after the theatrical release, it goes to, well, yeah. So that's nobody would see it. So that's like, that's what happened with Roma. Roma had, as far as I know, the longest theatrical run of a Netflix film before actually going up on the service. I want to say it was three weeks. Mm -hmm. Amazing things I should know and I don't. Um, so, but the problem there is that a lot of theater chains aren't super keen on only having a three-week window. Like, the theater chains want to have the longest window possible so they can have exclusive rights to show this movie so people go to the theaters. Mm-hmm, right. So they're, they're disinclined to then bring in something that's only going to be there for a short period of time when they could be paying the distributors to get something that will be there for 10 you know, maybe 12 weeks, whatever, if it's a huge, bigger movie. So I think what's going to happen is as more stuff switches to Netflix, the studios, advertisers, and just like theater chains are going to be more reliant upon huge movies that people we know will go see in a theater. Mm-hmm. Um, Which ultimately hurts like the art of filmmaking. Yeah, it, it hurts the art of filmmaking. It hurts the consumer because then everyone is banking more and more on these films. So that means like the cost of going to theater is going to keep, keep going up because the more you eventize something, the more quote unquote demand there is for it. So it's just going to keep getting more expensive to go to theaters, mm-hmm. which is then going to drive more and more people to go just watch stuff on Netflix instead. Yeah. It's fucking confusing. Well, guys. I mean, <laughs> I, we, we, we talk a lot about you Netflix. Get into it. Get into the weeds. Yeah. We talk a lot about Netflix, but we can't uh, forget about Amazon stuff as well because amazon is has been pushing more to bridge that gap yeah as well because you know you had is it just called amazon studios yeah their production house yeah so you know you had the big sick oh that was one of the best films of that year oh yeah absolutely um where you know amazon is becoming a force especially at sundance where they're coming through and just buying everything yeah uh and you know most of those do make it into theaters Mm -hmm. and so i think yeah I i think with the studio combining there's still going to be room. Yeah. I think big movies are just going to continue to be safer and safer, but we're still going to have the small, the little guy still, you know, pushing his way through, through, yeah. our, through whatever means necessary. Yeah. No, I, I think, yeah, we're still going to see, um, new filmmakers, new voices appear in Netflix. But I think for a lot of people, success is still going to be defined by getting their movie into a theater where everyone can see it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I do want to make this point because I've had a few people ask me this week, uh, yes, the merger is happening. No, Anastasia is not a Disney princess. <laughs> to throw that out there. But uh, Dr. Frankenfurter is a Disney queen. Oh, okay. Yep. I'm on board with this. <laughs> Absolutely on board with it. <laughs> yes. This is now confirmed. Why is Anastasia not a Disney princess? She doesn't uh, fit all the qualifications. Oh, yeah. Cameron. Can you, you please, run through the qualifications? No, we don't. No, 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 we don't. No, no, we don't. I want to hear them. We've already heard them. But I want to hear them again. It's not important. For those of you who are joining for the first time and have not already given up on the podcast, Cameron is going to remind us what are the qualifications to be a Disney princess. So you have to be the main female protagonist of your film. Must be animated. Must sorry. Must be Disney animated. That's why Anastasia doesn't make the count. Okay. 
Uh, that's, they made that rule specifically for Giselle from Enchanted because she's not a princess because Disney would have to pay for the likeness rights of uh, Amy, Amy Adams. Adams. Ah, uh, good yeah, point. Yeah, because the princess has to be in the park yes. for her to be an official princess. Yes. Um, must be a box office success, but not too big of a success, i.e. Frozen, <laughs> which is why Anna is not a Disney princess. She's her own special club. Mm-hmm. Uh, must be human and must be... Uh, sorry, must be human, must be from... Not from a sequel, which is why Ariel's daughter from Little Mermaid 2 is not a princess, and also why Nala uh, from Lion King is not a princess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you must either be born into royalty, marry into royalty, or save your country. To allow for Milan. Yes. <laughs> and so there's only one princess that still fits all that criteria and still is not an official princess. Princess Leia? No, live action. Oh, right, yes. Uh, no, Damn it's it. Meg. Come on, Chris. Is, Chris, is have Meg you not been listening? Hercules. Oh, because that's I've done right. the math. I, I uh, is there actual math involved in you're doing the math on this? Yes, because because the the reason I don't think Meg <laughs> is a princess is because she didn't because Hercules didn't make as much money as the other Renaissance films. Yeah, but I compared it to um, the lowest grossing princess film, which is very sad to say is Princess and the Frog, which is a great film. It's a great film, and uh, Hercules made basically the same amount of money as that. Mm-hmm. But then I have, there's another theory of why she's not a princess is because Meg used to be in the parks, but her wig was so heavy oh. that the, the cast members uh, dressed as Meg were having neck problems Aww. and they had to pull the, they couldn't show the character anymore because yeah. no one wanted to put the, he- the, the wig on anymore. I mean, that's fair. That is a massive head of hair. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Facilius, in case you were wondering, those are the rules. Facilius, I feel like you're never going to come back on the podcast. You're like, <laughs> you came here to talk about Batman Beyond. We've been talking about all kinds of other bullshit this no, entire time. No, it's all right. If I, if I suffered through you guys talking about Titans, I can suffer through anything. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have saved, for Cameron at least, the best piece of news for last. I'll speed through this as fast as possible. Yeah, like you can speed through this topic. Yes. Scooby-Doo. So we're we getting a new animated Scooby-Doo theatrical film for yes. 2020. Uh, we've already been told uh, Will Forte is going to be in the film. Gina Rodriguez is going to be in the film. And they just announced Zac Efron and Amanda Seyfried are both going to be in the film. Yeah, Zac Efron's voicing Fred. Amanda Seyfried's voicing Daphne. Mm-hmm. Gina Rodriguez is Velma. Yes. And Will Forte is, of course, Shaggy. Yes. And the voice of Scooby-Doo, I don't remember the guy's name, but it's the guy who's been voicing Scooby since like, like 1970. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard this movie is going to be called Scoob, not great. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> that is what I read sure. recently. Um, but this is also like they're crossing over with an- other Hanna-Barbera properties, yes. right? Yes, that's what I wanted to talk about, Chris. So there is rumor that Warner Brothers is going to step up their game finally and open this up to a Hanna-Barbera multiverse, <laughs> which we know has worked in the past. This is not the first time we've seen a Hanna-Barbera universe, which means Wacky Racers is just around the corner. Cannot wait. I cannot wait. What everyone's been demanding for yes. so long. I've been marching outside of warner brothers studios for years true i've seen it i have yeah. seen that that i have seen holding mm-hmm. up we're wacky for wacky racers yeah uh and constantly <laughs> getting kicked off the lot yeah constantly putting on a new mustache to try and trick them mm-hmm. just like dick dastardly yes. <laughs> i mean it makes sense like it, it's worked in comics so far because there was the future quest which was just all of Hanna barbera coming together mm-hmm. um and it's worked in television before. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that this would be, you know, a safe bet for a, for a multiverse. 
everything needs to be multiverse. Yes, it does. Because Wait, Marvel changed the game. Hasn't there been in development for a long time a 90s Nicktoon crossover movie? Hmm. I'm like... No. No, I'm pretty sure this was a thing that was announced. I feel like we even talked about it. Live action or animated? Animated. Okay. An animated movie that was going to bring in a whole bunch of the 90s Nicktoons. Well, I mean, uh, Rugrats Go Wild was yeah, I know. 2005 That's with when... The, the Wild uh, Thornberries. Yeah. Um, but no, look it up because I'm pretty sure it's a real thing. And while you're doing that, we're finally going to start talking about Batman. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> finally that's now. Uh, because if you guys are excited no, I didn't about the, wear this shirt for nothing. Yeah, yeah. If you guys are excited about the Hanna Hanna Barbera multiverse. Let me know. Yeah, let because I want to talk about that with somebody. <laughs> let Jess Cameron know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Leave me out of this. <laughs> um, but no. So Vasilis, you specifically requested uh, our episode this week out of the past. Yeah. To come in and talk about, yeah. and uh, after rewatching, I can understand why because it is excellent. Mm -hmm. um, so, for just like a, the quickest of recaps, basically, it's that uh, Talia comes back into Bruce's life and offers to let him join her in using the Lazarus bit to become youthful again. But uh, everything is not as it seems. Mm. So, what about this episode makes it one of your favorites? Like, why was this the one you wanted to come in and talk about? Well, so I, it's been so long since I've watched the show. I actually don't, I didn't watch that much of it when it was originally airing, but I went back and watched every single episode while mm -hmm. I was in college Okay, and thought it was the best cartoon I'd ever seen in my life, only surpassed by Avatar, The Last Airbender. Good. But good, I still I need talk to go back, I still need to go back <laughs> and rewatch uh, Avatar because I have not rewatched Avatar. Um, and so I'm not really, so I'm looking at like, like the lists and descriptions of all, cause I, I, I knew that I, I, I would like to come on and talk about at least one of the episodes in Batman Beyond cause I love Batman Beyond so much. It's my favorite show of the Timverse mm -hmm. and I'm going back and I'm looking at like all the descriptions and the summaries of all the, em uh, episodes to jog my memory. So the one that pretty much stuck out the most other than Return of the Joke of the movie, yeah. um, was this episode and, um, didn't really remember. I remember just loving so much the sequence of Terry and Bruce taking on the guards, fighting together. Yeah. I remember the the Batman theme on electric, the, the Batman the Animated Series theme on electric guitar making an appearance mm -hmm. in that sequence. And I just thought it was the, I thought it was like the cool, because the coolest thing to have uh, young Terry and young Batman fighting together. And I remember really loving the episode and really, but it really took a rewatch to remember like how, um, I remembered the twist like a second before it happened, which is always okay. a really cool feeling. Oh, okay. It was yeah. A really cool feeling. And, uh, yeah. So, um, I didn't remember that. I didn't remember the twist. I didn't remember, um, Paul Dini wrote it. Um, I that the writing was so good. It's yeah, also that the first time uh, Kevin Conroy sang for us. This is true. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, yeah. and the most amazing introduction of an episode I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. It, it really so, is. Uh -huh. Yeah. The the Batman musical. Mm -hmm. Kevin Conroy getting to show off those pipes. Because he is a phenomenal yeah. Yeah. singer. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. So, also, yeah. would you guys go see that musical? So, yes. fun fact, uh, this musical was in production at one time. Really? Yes. In 2002, Tim Burton was pulled on to direct a live-action Batman musical. Oh, my God. Uh, Spider-Man into the dark before it ever even happened. Yes, which unfortunately fell through, I assume, in preparation for 
Batman Begins. Yeah. Uh, but in 2009, late, late 2000s or early 2010s, mm-hmm. uh, Chicago actually had um, Holy Musical Batman, which was a Batman musical. Now, was that Stage specifically play. the 60s version? I'm assuming based so. on the title. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, the musical version in the show, like, I think it was an homage as well to the 60s version. Yeah. To the spirit of the 60s version of the Because it's, it's hokey as fuck. Yeah. But also what's fun about it is you get to see what Batman's life is perceived to be uh-huh. so far into the future, right? So... Like the the versions of the villains you see on stage, so what it's uh, Two Face, Joker, Joker Harley Penguin. Quinn, Poison Ivy, Penguin, and Catwoman. Yep, are all there, and Who's they're dressed all... as a cat from Cats. Yes, not as yes, exactly. Like people remember Catwoman as yeah being like dressed like a cat, and even the Joker has like the almost um, kind of like the mask. It's like mm. that really big gangster style. Like well, he's, hat. On, he's wearing the uh, uh, the fish episode outfit. He's got the hat from uh, what's make him the laugh. laughing fish. Make yeah, him laugh. Yeah, that's uh, from laughing fish. The wide brimmed. The, yeah, the wide brimmed yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. classic um, Joker look. But yeah. he's got it's almost like a little bit zoot suit esque. But it's it's so fun to see what people think that was all like and yeah. how it's it is close ish, but it's also so so yeah. skewed. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to talk about it for a super quick second. Avatar did an episode of this. Do you remember the Emer- the Emerald? Ember Island Players is the last episode before the finale. I do not. No, I do not. Where it's the same premise. It's it's an entire, it's a recap episode done in play form Mm. where it's, it's the, the gang going to watch their story. Vaguely, 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 Uh, vaguely. And it's all, since it's, you know, they're watching it in the Fire Nation, it's all skewed Mm -hmm. to make them the villains. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's all offhand knowledge from other people. So everything Mm -hmm. is just a little bit off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I love that. I love, you know, (laughs) I love that like off musical concept so much in an episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like Thor Ragnarok did that too. Yeah. Like the the Thor 1 and 2, especially the Thor 2 recap Uh with, uh, was it Matt Damon, Luke Hemsworth, and Sam Neill, mm-hmm. which so I, uh, good. Just went back and rewatched Thor two. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the Thor two defenders. Okay, not as good as I thought it was. You know, it's funny <laughs> you mention that because I am no longer a Thor two defender. Yeah. <laughs> um, the firmly middle of the pack movie. I I am also doing a selective MCU rewatch right yeah. now. So I skipped Incredible Hulk. Otherwise, I've watched everything. I'm watching Iron Man three right now, which yeah. I still quite enjoy yeah. despite the criticism. And I'm at that point where next up would be Thor two, yeah. and I'm like. Do I don't I? Because I've always been a bit of a Thor two apologist as yeah. well. I'm like, it's fun, like yeah. it's dumb, but there's some good stuff in there. But I'm I'm kind of hesitant to do it. Yeah, coming out of Thor two, I I just thought like ah, uh, I miss I miss that Thor. Yeah, very much. But I didn't. I'm not. It's no. It's not a. It's not an MCU classic. Yeah. Also, it doesn't help that uh, after Ragnarok and Infinity War, any previous version of Thor just looks silly. It looks dated. Yeah, yeah. it looks the dated. The blonde eyebrows? The blonde eyebrows. I actually think the worst version of Thor is in the Avengers. Like, his the, his look is the weirdest in that one. There's like, mm. it's, I don't know, his hair is too flowy? I don't know what it is. It's <laughs> that's like, not, the, that's the, not the, that's the not suit doesn't look right. Like, I yeah. think, yeah, the, the dyed eyebrows look funky in the first Thor movie, but otherwise, like, that actual suit looks mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. And the, the Avengers suit, mm, quite a bit less so. Mm. Yeah. But I do miss that that world and the tone. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, so 
that makes that makes more sense. But I do miss that tone. I, I miss that 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 tone's place in that universe, mm-hmm. which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, because they did, they made a Jump sharp ahead. left turn by the time we got to Thor Ragnarok, yeah. which I also just rewatched. And guys, it is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I need to go back and rewatch Captain Marvel is because the more I think about it, pretty much every MCU film I appreciate more on subsequent viewings. I, I did I did go back and see it a second time. Um, our friend of the podcast, KT, messaged me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just I, you? Just me. Katie? Uh, the hell? So I, I, will, I will reserve my, yeah, my new comments. Too. God damn it. Uh, I will reserve my new comments and my new point of view on the film until you get your second viewing. Yes. But I still haven't seen How to Train Your Dragon 3. I got to get that in there. I'm, I know. I need to watch that, too. You don't have to see that But one. I want to see it. I know. I just rewatched the first two. I know. The first two are so good. Yeah. I mean, I should be listening. If Cameron's saying I don't have to see something. No, 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 no. You, you should. You should have your own opinions on it. Also, is it even still in theaters anymore? Probably not. I think so. It's probably hard to find, but... No, I think until Dumbo comes out, I think everything is... So I have a week? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Uh, but yeah, uh, so we yeah. were talking about the, the Batman musical. Yeah. I, oh, right, right. I Batman. love <laughs> that moment, well, especially to how mad it makes Bruce. Mm-hmm. Yes, Schwarbage. Yeah, Schwa- yeah, exactly. Schwarbage, because you can see why Terry would have so much fun with it, because it's so silly, and he is like the one other person that has this window into like how particularly funny this all is, because he actually knows a lot of the truth. But for Bruce, it's just adding yet another insult to this legacy that he feels is like falling apart around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Bruce. But I also, wonder- where the hell does he get a wheeled car? Like, it's well established that Bruce has that sick flying limousine. Why the fuck is he driving around in his old that, car? Because that's real money. Is when everyone else has the, has the yeah, future car. He has the NT. And you have the... I mean, you know, it's the same. You know, 60s cars are... A lot more expensive now yeah. than current cars. Do, okay, so I guess true that's real money. But you're you think, the car person. You should know, I know this I'm stuff. I'm aware of how the value of cars work, Cameron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the same time, though, I feel like this is it, it. Also, it fits like thematically into the into the moment that he's longing for the past. He misses the past. Yeah. Do you think so, that maybe that was him just kind of acting out a little bit and be like, I can do this myself. I'm going to take out this. No, yeah. Not only that. Not only that he drives a wheeled car, but he drives it himself yeah and that he wants to change the tire himself what i kind of how does he not have a chauffeur how does he He does well he did we've seen it a few times and i think i think this is exactly what you said i think it's him wanting because talia kind of implanted the idea in his head of like you can't do anything on your own anymore that could have used a line there that why he was driving Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i think it's supposed to be i think you're right the implication that he wanted Uh to do himself and he because he did have a chauffeur because we see a chauffeur in Ace Ace in the Hole. Mm -hmm. It's a very bad mm -hmm. chauffeur. Maybe he just had so many bad chauffeur experiences after Alfred passed that he's like, it's not even That does feel like the implication is that that other chauffeur was so bad. Well, Well, yeah, it's like, I think he didn't have one. Like, I think he had a string of bad chauffeurs. He's like, fuck it, I'm going to do away with this (laughs) entirely. And then as soon as Terry shows up, now he has someone to drive him around again. What I kind of wished happened is, because we always see that he has bat suits hidden everywhere in Batman Beyond and uh, and Toss. That like when he went to go get the tire, like it wouldn't have been a real tire. It's just where he's hiding another bat suit. This is another bat suit. <laughs> he's like, oh, damn it. So it's, it's I a, never expected a flat yeah. tire ever. It's a bat suit disguised as a tire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just opens up the spare. 
It's like, oh, God damn it. Oh, man, that's not a bat suit. It's multiple bat suits, too, because he never knows what situation he's going to go into. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the underwater bat suit. He never the opens bat the suit. Yeah. <laughs> it's super dusty at this point, yeah. too. It's half eaten by moths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Is yeah, there a full version of that song somewhere? What song? Of Cowardly Lot or... Oh, no. the musical? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't I don't bother. Know. Oh, probably. I mean, fans are crazy. God, I hope so. But yeah, so as Bruce is like going through his his sad malaise, he is flicking through old photos of his ex-girlfriends. Because as, as every sane person has an ex's file. Yeah, yep. on his bat computer. <laughs> yeah. But I did think the choices were interesting. Do you not keep your ex's file on your work computer? <laughs> I don't have exes. That's not true. I have I have an ex girlfriend. Yeah, who I recently reconnected with. She is the best. Good. (laughs) She's a goddamn delight, and I adore her. Um, I'm actually to keep all of my personal files on my work computer at all (laughs) times, just in case I have like a really sad moment. Yeah, I just got to go back and look through some more. Why that would just make you more depressed? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what you do, though. To make yourself feel worse. Yeah. What do you do on your birthday? You don't look at all the happy times you had when you were younger. I should know what I do understand. He, the, he doesn't drink as we've as we've learned many times before. Well, but well, okay. In the Dark Knight Returns, that version of retired Bruce does, but that's also the Frank Miller bitter weird version that has a mustache. Yeah, that shaves itself somehow. I don't it's know. The future. It's weird. But I I do kind of understand that concept of like when you're feeling down, sometimes you like dig yourself deeper into a hole. Yeah. Um. So when I was growing up, we had. Two golden retrievers, their brothers, Bo and Luke. And <laughs> Cameron will appreciate this. Uh, Bo always reminded me of uh, Doug from Up, and Luke always reminded me of Wally. Like, there's okay. something but the personalities that always kind of fit. And so uh, when each of them passed, I would then go and watch the movie that reminded me of them because, like, mm. I'm already sad. Let's make myself sadder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, depressing times. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. In, yeah, you were saying interesting choices of of who. Oh who yes, interesting played. choices. So I think we saw uh, Selena's in there. So yeah. it's yeah, Selena, it's, uh, I have the Barbara. It's Zatanna, Lois, Selena, and Barbara. Yes, uh, no Andrea. Lois. No Andrea. No Andrea. No Andrea because, Boma. Uh, there was an interview with Paul Dini after this episode asking why, and he said he doesn't include murderers on the list, but. That is wrong because at the end of the episode, Talia is on the list. Yeah. And she murders She's a lot a, of people. She does murder a lot of people. She, yeah, she does. Also, Cameron, I'm going to give you credit because you have so far pulled out a whole bunch of trivia things that I looked up. But that means you did your research I did this research. time. You did yeah. your research. You don't have a guest. I do, I do minimal research. Yeah. I see. You only really try when there's a guest around. I, I, I <laughs> Cameron's don't need to yeah. impress you anymore. You only put an effort when there's other people around, Cameron. Yeah. Sometimes you should put an effort just for me. Well, you see what he's doing? He's putting words in my mouth, just like he always does. Uh, Cameron, it's not quite your turn to talk yet. <laughs> sure. He can just talk for me, like always. Yeah. It works better that way. Yeah. Just call me Scarface, because he's the goddamn ventriloquist. But, 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 sorry. An episode name. I bring that up because um, you actually see... Scarface in the Batcave. Yeah, in this episode, we've seen him before. Oh, have really? we? Have we talked yeah. about this before? Where is he? Because it doesn't make. Uh, when they do the panning shot right before he looks at his computer, mm. you see Scarface behind one of the other cases. Oh, okay. But did, have we already talked about this? Where then that doesn't make sense because he was destroyed. Ventrilo- yeah, because both versions of Scarface were destroyed. Then Ventriloquist went clean. Yeah. So why is there a third? 
because Bruce had Alfred make a new Scarface <laughs> okay, yeah, just yeah. so he could put it. Like, it also doesn't make sense that he, cause he has like the Riddler's costume and he has like freezes ray gun he has all these things well those make sense because those were still villains yeah but yep. like how did he get like the riddler's costume for example like it's not because it, you could, okay so something like because when they take them to gotham or to uh arkham. to arkham uh they have to have them change into their to their orange jumpers yeah so and then <laughs> since we know how easy it is to sneak in and that's out true. uh that's batman just jumps in grabs the and you know that's that's his form of of uh reintegration to society it's you know if you can't see it it doesn't exist so he's just taking away their clothes yeah <laughs> also maybe now we know why arkham's such a revolving door is that whatever trapdoor bruce is using to get into arkham to steal the clothes the villains are using just to get out again yeah and they get out and they don't have their clothes and they're so mad about it <laughs> yeah they're so mad they want to do crime <laughs> they go on a crime spree it's all a failed system yeah, yeah. damn it bruce once again, we've established that it's really all Batman's fault that everything right. goes wrong in that uh-huh. city. I mean, it, this this all stems back to the Grey Ghost, really. This is true because he just wants to collect. He couldn't collect all the Grey Ghost stuff. Yep. So now he's he's he saw the mistakes they made in that show. He's like, okay, I got to be a collector. It's all your fault, Simon Trent. Yep. <laughs> so Talia comes. So Talia comes on. Yeah. And then um, th- that was kind of a fun moment, too, when she comes into the cave and Terry shows that he actually does his homework. He does. Mm-hmm. That he knows who she is, her whole history. She knows where he knows where she is currently. What is the near apocalypse of 09? So I I, there was a link on the Batman Beyond wiki. So okay. I was trying to see if I could dig up some more information. There's uh-huh. not much. It was referenced also in. I know what it was. An the, epilogue. It was an epilogue. crisis. It yeah, was you're one? right. There was yeah, the yeah. employment crisis. Mm-hmm. Did anybody coming out of high school, uh, coming out of college in 2009, get a job? The answer is no. No. Well, I mean, no, Raish, they did not. Raish is single-handedly responsible for the housing bubble burst. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's well established that when his other means don't work, he chooses economics mm-hmm. as a tool. That's right. Yes. League of Assassins. <clears throat> League of. League of Realtors. Le- Le- <laughs> League of Employment Opportunity Assassins. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the near apocalypse of 09 entails. There's not a lot of information about it. I know that uh, our good friends over at DC Watchtower have kind of tried to speculate as to what it involves. And I think they maybe even have written some stories that interweave that event. Uh, if I were a better friend and collaborator, I would know specifically what they've done. But I don't. But I think this episode is also very important because it sparked the nerd argument on par with Gif Jif of is it Rage, oh, is it Roz? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shots fired. Yeah. Oh, for sure. In shots this fired. episode. Yeah, because Terry pronounces it Roz and Talia has the audacity to correct him. Yeah. I, I wrote in my notes that this is like this is the nerd version of GIF GIF, and then I realized <laughs> that only nerds argue GIF versus GIF, so it doesn't yeah. really hold up. But you guys know what I mean. Yeah, I know. What I, mean. I don't know. What I mean. And I, I I think it's funny that he, he she also he he she also says uh, a common mistake or common misperception yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever she says. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Ross. Paul Dini. It's Rache. It's Ross. Oh yeah, we had that joke for a little. We tried to make that a running joke. I think I was on for that. Episode. <laughs> you were actually. <laughs> Now, okay, you guys are all in the uh, GIF camp, right? Mm-hmm. GIF, GIF. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, does anyone else call people out in meetings and they say GIF? Internally, I do. 
Okay, yeah. No, because didn't didn't like the the create, guy who created yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but thing. he could fuck right off. Right. It doesn't make any sense. He's old. He, yeah, he shut his up, George Lucas. Is, yeah, his <laughs> brain's not all there what, anymore. Because what's the acronym? It's um graphics. graphic inter graphic interface format. Yeah. Yeah, it's there in the goddamn word. It's mm-hmm. GIF. It's like RBI. What RBI baseball? It's oh, it's Rebel. not RBI. It's not RBIs. <laughs> People say RBIs, but it's runs batted in, so it's RBI. So people were oh. saying RBIs is R. I always thought that was a baseball player named RBI. RBI. Yeah, Arby. Arby is a name. RBI. Yeah. I mean, it's the you know, it's the the ATM machine people. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Idiots. Yeah, idiots. The lot Idiots. of them. Um, but yeah, it's the well, world is stupid. They don't think like I do. Yeah, the only thing more insulting in this world than someone who pronounces it "jiff" is someone who says "raish." Yeah, so that's so much more effort too. Like I can't scream like "raish" did that as yeah. well as I can say "Roz did that." Roz did that. Yeah, Roz is more like guttural. Roz, Roz sounds more menacing. Yeah, too. And in the other anim- uh, Batman animated universes, do they say "Roz" or "raish"? Um, I don't know because they say I. I feel like I remember um, the Batman. No, um. uh, so Roz was never in the Batman oh, okay. uh, because never that show Batman. premiered in 2004, if I recall, right before Begins Begins came out in 2005. There were some but in characters. Begins, they said Raish. No, Begins, mm-hmm. they said Roz. Oh, Roz. they did. Okay, it's Roz all the way through Begins Roz. and yeah, Irish uh, Liam Neeson playing exactly <laughs> Roz Al Ghul. Yeah, the Arabic immortal terrorist. But uh, in the Batman, there were certain characters that were off limits. So Harvey Dent and Two Face were off limits, um, because because of the film Knights? franchise, Dark Knight. Oh. Yeah. So in the same way that uh, when they De- started, they had to kill Deathstroke and not Deathstroke, Deadshot and yes. Arrow. Yes, was because Suicide Squad was coming out. Yeah, that they took. Yeah, they um, with the Suicide Squad. I uh, know the terrible Suicide Squad movie on its way. That they stopped the Arrowverse from continuing with any major Suicide Squad characters. It's the same deal. That basically Warner Brothers didn't want to uh, utilize. It's kind of like characters. waste any potential storyline. So uh, Roz, Talia, Leave Assassins, they were all off limits for the Batman. So he wasn't in that. I've never seen Beware the Batman. Neither have I. Nor have I, I have not seen Brave and the Bold, which I obviously need to watch. I was he in that at all? I don't remember him being in Brave and the Bold. But he was in a few episodes. He's in Young Justice. And I think they say Roz in that, and right? They do say Roz in that. Yeah. So there we go. Definitively. So I think this is the only episode they say Raish. <laughs> no, I mean, they said Raish all the yeah, way through yes. Betos. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we, we all know my stance on the Roz camp. Right. It's Raish. Um, yeah, but so Bruce decides to take the dip in the Lazarus pit. Mm hmm. And I thought it was interesting the 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 conflicts they set up internally for both of them, right? So one, it's Bruce deciding if he, this is something he should really do, mm-hmm. being torn between that helplessness and the the need to feel like himself, but also the idea of what happens to Terry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love they touched on that. Yeah, absolutely. Of whether he would continue on or not, and even when Max makes a comment like, "Oh, you maybe you'll have your nights free again." You can tell he's not sure how to take that. He did, and I did I did like that uncertainty very yeah. much. Yeah. I did like that. Because it, it makes sense. Like he has just gotten accept like used to this being the new normal, but all of a sudden it becomes a possibility of it ending. And kind of for a good reason, the sure. Bruce becoming back, but it's part of his life now. That's a not an easy thing to walk away from. Yeah. I also love it that you know the, the just the Dini foreshadowing all throughout. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just all slipped in there. It's constantly like Slipped in there, like when 
she says like he will be with me every night oh i didn't even think about that yeah. yeah and then later on what else oh when he has the white temples mm-hmm. it's because raz oh, raz likes the white he has true. the, yeah. white, the yeah. white temples he likes that well, even, even bruce says that Talia's oh, like, oh, I left a little gray in for you. And he's like, yeah. no, because Roz wants that. Yeah, because right, yeah, likes mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And there was another one, too. I think I have it written somewhere. Do you think Roz colors his temples to make sure they stay that way? Well, obviously, if you can tweak it from the Lazarus pit. There's the hair color dial <laughs> somewhere in the Lazarus pit. There's that, that perfect temperature. Yeah. <laughs> of of uh, when, you're, when you're baking those cookies, there's right. that perfect temperature between, you know, you just wanted... Just gooey enough, mm-hmm. but but solid enough. When you pick it up, it still holds its form. Yeah, it doesn't. It can't like fall apart in your hands. But as soon as you crack the thing open, it's just oozing chocolate. Yeah, mm. Mm. that that's that gray perfect. That's that perfect. That's that perfect gray right there. It's time and temperature. It's the key to doing this thing right. Do you right. think he he's like thrown? He like gets old people from the village and throws them in to find that perfect. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or do they? Or does he throw like? Is it more like a? Like a chromosome or whatever project where he, he has to throw the right amount of like old people in with white <laughs> hair to get the to get the formula right so that mm-hmm. he has just amount get, the, the yeah. salt get and pepper the perfect mixture. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's actually that's kind of an interesting thing in the comics that, as far as I know, they never brought into the DCAU, which is that uh, the Lazarus pits are single use in the comics. That's right. Yeah. yeah when you oh, now, oh really? I don't know if that's always been the case, but they reference that in Hush specifically. Because the whole thing about Hush is the Riddler uses one of them. Mm-hmm. And so then Roz is pissed because, you know, obviously he needs these things to survive. Um, which in a lot of ways actually doesn't make sense they'd be single use because there'd be only so many of them. And there'd have to be enough of, of them for him to be using them for like centuries. Mm-hmm. But also, how do people not discover them? Well, I mean, then there's, using themselves. There's, there's also, I don't remember what comic it's in, but it's where. Roz Raish meets Vandal Savage. Oh. And they, they talk about, you know, their different takes on being immortal. <laughs> they swap tips on immortality. Well, because there was, God, what story was this? Because there was, from what I vaguely remember people talking about, um, the Lazarus Pits emerged because of the meteor shower. Oh, that interesting. Yeah, Vandal to become immortal. Oh, so that, that's that, cool. All those stones landing on Earth or the meteorites, those are kind of the remain... The Lazarus Pit is the remains of those meteorites. Oh, so it all comes from the same place, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. So, yeah, so their immortality comes from the same spot. Oh, that's kind of cool. What fucking story is this? Oh, I don't this know. is I... the, the Joker story. It's it's happened a couple years ago where there's now three Jokers yeah. running around Gotham. Were they all running around at the same time? I think... I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> you you read. You know these things. <laughs> Yeah, but Cameron, I was so proud of you for a second there. Like, you were throwing out some comic book knowledge from reading a comic book, and I had We've never read it. I didn't know about it. this comic on the podcast. <laughs> All right, well, I'll let you keep uh, keep tracking that down there. Um, but did you guys also find that Bruce's turn was pretty quickly? Like, he gets out of it. He's super yeah. happy to be like young and spry yep. again. Yep. And then it just takes like a couple seconds yeah it takes it's one like it's like curl yeah curl ah, i hate this i'm <laughs> done with all of this um, i'm a yeah. monster yeah yeah it did i didn't get I, yeah I, that was my one really actually big critique because it, it's it's very episode. sudden and it's 
the complete opposite reaction. Yeah. Like he had been hesitant all the way through, but it's like he goes from being like, "Yeah, this is cool," to being like, "No, this is terrible. I gotta get out of here now." Not even like, "Oh, yeah. I'm not certain about this. I should go talk to Tali about maybe not, you like, know, this, doing any more treatments of this." The turn to trust Talia, because first of all, why why are we trusting Talia? What in what world? But I I, I forgave that a little more just because it's a 22 minute episode or whatever. Yeah, and they did put effort. They put like three or four scenes of him like coming to resent mm-hmm. his his age but um well there's a lot of talk in when she first walks in there's a lot of talk of like she like i'm not my father i'm doing everything with the league now but to correct talia. it but it's yeah talia. but i you know we look back though at and he's vulnerable he just looked at his ex's folder that's, that's true. true He he's having he a, just a saw rare someone moment mock him on stage <laughs> with weirdly his same voice yeah <laughs> But so if you look at the history, though, between them, Talia really doesn't betray him ever, if I recall. It's that she would always choose her father over Bruce, except from what I read, apparently in the the allusions to the near apocalypse of 09, Talia betrays her father to stop whatever happens. Yeah. So that's what ends him. Yeah. So that my understanding and... uh, Again, that Maddie, doesn't make her trustworthy, though. But well, I again, think again, it's Talia. Yeah, and I think Bruce has had years of like kind of isolation and like vulnerable, like you know, vulnerability builds up over time, and you know, fondness I think grows with distance. Maybe this is well. also when Alfred passes, and so he's just very vulnerable, and yeah. Talia's there. You know, you're not thinking about that, Vasilius. You're not thinking about the big picture. Because if you think right, about you're it, small if scale. you're, it's if Talia. you're, if you're uh, yeah, Bruce, sorry to be tiny Terry over here. Yeah, come for on. A second. Yeah, but like if you're, so I always think it too small. Call me big time. <laughs> call me big time. The big, call me, call me Charlie, big, big Dick Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, call me big Charlie, big Dick Charlie over here. Like, so also if you think about it, this so that was thirty years ago at the time of this episode. More really, probably like 31, 32 years ago. As far as Bruce knows, Roz is gone. And the problem with him and Talia has always been Roz. So mm-hmm. in his mind, Roz is gone. His ex-girlfriend, like, I'd say... Who still looks smoking. Who still, like, looks... She still got it. Looks great. Uh-huh. Looks fantastic. Still knows how to rock a cat suit. She shows up, basically offering to make him youthful again, and they can finally have their time together. Um, and you think about even what she offers him, too. It's not even just youth, but it's, like, to pool their resources... And to become, like, this philanthropic power couple. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, that has always been a huge part of Bruce's motivation. It's not just fighting crime, but it's how else can he try and make the world a better place. And this is, like, a new opportunity for him to do that. More fair money. points, yeah. Fair, yeah. fair points. Yeah. But, see, I would still I would still, still keep her at arm's length, though. Yeah. Even, I, I mean, would not does. let her. I would not let her into... Like my heart and my and my mind. Well, I think that's. I mean, he does. He he does try and push back, and then it's yeah. a moment where he feels utterly useless when he tries to save someone, and he realizes he can't do it anymore. Yeah, but like even he, he can't save someone just from crossing in the street. Yeah, but I still don't think the answer would be to trust Talia. Anyway, no, no. Di- <laughs> yeah, never, never trust Talia. Yeah. Like the, her duplicity, literally, she wears it on her face. We can't see her face half the time. That's true. Yeah. See, not to be trusted. <laughs> so, yeah. but what if Bruce's turn does give us, to your point, Vasilius, is that amazing moment of Bruce and Terry fighting 
yeah together and they bring in like the the modernized version of the Beatles uh leitmotif as well so and it's good. it's a really really good scene mm-hmm. you know i it, could have used a little more of that yeah and well, like one more one more scene like maybe they have to fight their way out of the exploding cave or something like that at the end i could have used one more scene of them i wanted i wanted them to have together. to fight each other for a minute Oh, like, when, when he comes out of the yeah, Lazarus like Pistol, yeah, mad as fuck. He, yeah, and he's strong again. That would have been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, at least that's what I wanted the episode to end on. Is like you see, because uh, Terry makes a comment of like, oh, you know, you still you're still pretty youthful right now. Uh, he's like, are you gonna go out? And he's like, yeah, I'm going out in a minute. And you see Bruce kind of like loosen the tie a little bit. And he's like, how about a quick sparring session? Mm-hmm. And I just want to see, I just want to see like Bruce just whip Terry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like it's funny to know where you're at right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard for... No, I don't know if he just get, gets whooped. It's like maybe like a challenge for him, but Bruce clearly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have a nice sparring match. Nice yeah. tussle. Yeah. Cameron, I must say you always, have, you always have great suggestions of how to improve Thank an episode. You. Thank you. I do. You I do that? always. You I do always enjoy that. And I'm, I don't know why. I love you to death. I'm always kind of surprised by it. <laughs> That's fine. I'm also okay, surprised. I'm so, I do. And I, I do was mad like, until you found a way to insult him. I'm, I'm on board now. I do it's love fine. you to death. But fine. I'm always like, That's right. That would be better. That would be better. Yeah. yeah. Don't let him get too much confidence. He'll think he can do this without me. <laughs> Welcome to Tim Talk. The only the podcast that only takes one person to talk about. I'm Cameron Dexter. <laughs> yeah. Chris Lord has been fed to the crocodiles. Mm-hmm. By right. did you catch the uh, voice actor cameo of Carl the henchman? Mm-hmm. Good old Michael Rosenbaum. Aw, uh, old reliable. Yeah, old reliable. Lex Luthor. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes I forget just how often he would do other voices. Um, so yeah, I think should we now finally talk about the big twist of this whole thing? Talia's a dude. Yes. <laughs> How does the voice work? Are we going to talk about this? Yeah, so... How does the, the Raz voice come Yeah, the, the, the big twist here all along has been that after the near apocalypse of 09, uh, Raz's body was basically destroyed beyond repair, and so he... Uploaded. Transfers yes, his conscience. transferred his mind into Talia's body, which she, I guess, did willingly because mm-hmm. she always did what her father asked. It's how pretty dark. fucked up. How dark is that? Though? It's really, really like when you fucked think up. About it. Exactly. Really, really dark. Yeah. Well, that's why I love because all I I wrote I wrote down so many quotes in this episode. There's so much good stuff. Uh, where you mean Bruce, you typed in a lot of quotes? From I did. Uh, where Bruce's line of uh, you know they first talked about like um, uh, Tolly is like I don't cheat death I master it. And then Bruce has the great oh, comeback. Oh, of, yeah. You don't cheat death. You whimper. Bef- you whimper in fear before it. Oh, mm-hmm. so and I'm like, good. oh yeah. Paul Paul Dini. And that, I think that really you know encapsulates it. It's it's Roz isn't doing this to better the world. He's doing this out of fear for leaving it. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's willing to sacrifice anything and everything to just you know keep a finger on right keep a finger in the game. and this i mean this level of darkness this new low is unlike anything we've ever mm-hmm. seen from Raz. yeah like distri- like it's it's more disturbing than like wiping out populations than like overthrowing countries than like uh, you know it's just it's just darker but I, I feel like that's just how immortals treat children though is they don't i mean I think we see it again in Young Justice mm-hmm. with the the Vandal episode with oh, his two kids. That's a great episode. Like he he cares about his kids for sure, but that's more to keep his legacy. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I guess if you think about it, if you live long enough to see everyone you know die at some point, especially you when your really... kids don't have the same immortality that you do. Yeah, Roth probably has had tons of kids. Yeah, throughout time. Yeah, he just doesn't care. I mean, they yeah. they are no different than minions to him. Yeah, maybe Talia was his favorite. That certainly seems like the implication there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because maybe Talia was like of a of a kindred spirit with him. Yeah. Too, and he really saw her kind of as a partner. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a nice little con- like exploration of the, just the theme of death, of the value of death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which just adds to the, the quality of the episode as a whole. But yeah, so Talia, actually Roz, as Talia, is going to try and like put her mind inside Bruce's body. Because I guess originally the technology could only work on close, close genetic, genetic matches. Mm-hmm. And now it'll work on anybody. Mm-hmm. And he has... He even says, like, Roz always saw Bruce as the, the perfect next, specimen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also the next... Um, is heir. Yeah, yeah, the heir to the... It's not, not dragon. What's the, the term? The demon? Yeah, the demon, yeah. Mm. The next demon's head. Yeah. Demon's head, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, what I do think so is... So it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I do think his, his plan is interesting. I love his plan. Yeah, because he's going, he's going to de-age Bruce, put his mind inside the body, and then claim to be the son of bruce wayne and talia aka damien so because damien did not exist everything yeah inherit both their empires together Mm -hmm. and uh obviously the time this was written damien did not exist as a character however he did in some capacity because when they reintroduced damien that was based off of like a single issue from i want to say like the um like the denny o'neill era in the 70s where Talia does get pregnant and have a baby, and then it's never brought up again until, like Grant Morrison did the mm, Batman. Like, like in the seventies and eighties, everyone was just having kids. Everyone's just having kids. Like, that, was, right. that was just how you like wrote female characters out. Well, either that or you chop them up and put them in a fridge. That's true. It's one of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but certainly never give them a yeah, real but arc. Which is a worse fate, really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> like. Because we, we've talked before about how the gender politics of the show don't hold up great sometimes. Um, like, how do you guys feel about some of the the jokes around the fact that it's Roz inside Talia's body? Because, like, she, he hits Bruce and, and he, he even says, makes a comment like, oh, you even hit like a girl. And I, it's funny. I'm sorry. In it's the like, moment, it was funny. It, yeah. And, and I, think, I can't, yeah, I, I can't really, yeah. I can't get past the fact that it was funny. That That's just a good line in a good moment. It, it is a good line. It, like, Bruce was surprisingly quippy in this episode. He was, yeah. Uh, when, yeah, when he says, you're creeped out. She kissed me. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> it's a great line. Yeah. Now, I, I have to ask, did they bone? No. I can't. Not yet. Because I think there's a way of showing that even for See, this show I there's like a that's slow what he fade he, up and then the, it's the I, morning i know that's what he was working out for was it was gonna happen that night yeah so he was like you know getting body getting the body Shoot, ready that's the bullet there bruce yeah oh, am man. i the only one who wished that like i in my head that did happen just because that i i love the idea of that happening to bruce and him never ever wanting to talk about it like never <laughs> acknowledging it to anybody yeah he's like so so bruce what happened to you guys you know because you were gone for a night we, we were there for yeah. two days yeah no, wait, we were there for a day. <laughs> no, 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 because I, I got knocked out. I got knocked out the second day, and I, I came up to you guys' room. It, it was very sweaty. I assume you guys were working out. Yeah, sparring. Yeah. Sparring, sparring. Yeah. 
we're watching TV, but I don't think there's a TV. There wasn't a TV anywhere in the place. Uh, you guys had matching robes, so that was adorable. Yeah. You yeah. gonna get on patrol yeah. sometime tonight, Terry? <laughs> you, you were wearing her shirt. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it Those was. Those photos in your in your ex's file. Yeah. Uh, they seemed a lot more recent. <laughs> like, I just in, in my head, Canada, that happened because like. That would be the weirdest possible situation yeah, and imaginable. Yeah, can't get any weird. Yeah. Like, There's no think, limit to how... Think about how many steps are involved in that. Bruce had to get de-aged, then have sex with his ex he hasn't seen in 30 years, who still looks like she did 30 years ago. And then on top of that, realized that it was her dad slash his greatest foe trapped inside her body. With, so, with the ability to still use his old voice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Still yeah, don't oh understand that. Still don't get that. I guess they talked, they, there was a line at some point in there about explaining him to do like the vocal cords and transferring them and they decided to just cut it out and not address okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think this would have been still, well, it, it wouldn't have been like, uh, like on the surface level as creepy, but I think it would have been just as creepy if it was, uh, maybe not. I, I if it was think- Talia's voice still. I think the voice is really effective, though. Part of it, too, is that I just I love David Warner as That's the voice true. of Roz. Um, but just the the incongruity there, mm-hmm. like the disconnect of seeing her and hearing that voice. It's weird. It's, it's weird as an audience. So you get a sense of how weird it would be if you were actually yeah. there mm-hmm. yeah. and experiencing it because it would be yeah so weird. Yeah. So I, I like to ask this question, especially when we have such a good single episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think this could have been a two-parter? Um, yeah, but w- is the next episode the first two-parter that they did, or it's the second two-parter uh, we have, that they've done? We have, I think we have two more episodes until the two-parter. Well, I mean, the, the pilot, mm. two-parter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's, um, The Call is coming up, which I know is a two-parter. Great couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah. I do think it, I do think it would have been a better two-parter. I think if it, if it was a two-parter, you would have bought, um, uh, Bruce's, uh, decision to trust Talia. They could have had time to fuck. You could have really included that in. That, always that, find, that would always, have been the, the fade to black from part one to part two. <laughs> and it also would have given a little bit more uh, room to breathe, like uh, D- Bruce's decision that this was all a bad idea, room to breathe and be more believable too. If it was a two, if you could pad those out a little bit, it would have been a, m- a little more believable. See, I don't think it would work as a two-parter. I don't think there's enough story here. Because you think about the times in BTOS when they would do two-parters, they were pretty much exclusively used for villain origins. So we're talking Two-Face, Clayface, Heart of Steel, um, The Demon's Quest, obviously Introduction of Roz, even Robin's Reckoning. Those are all episodes that um, had to do a lot of backstory. Mm-hmm. I d- there's not that much backstory here, really. Like I thought they were actually pretty efficient in terms of establishing... Like, who she was in regard to Roz. Like, establishing the connections between Bruce, Roz, and Talia. Mm. They did all that pretty efficiently. Um, I don't know what else they would have added here, Well, really. Cameron brought up a couple uh, suggestions. I was oh, listening. What were you they? You did. Like, you said, like, if it could just be, like, a them fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, them fight. That's two or three minutes more. Yeah. Um, if you, you just have to, you would have to introduce, you're right, Chris, but you'd have to introduce, like, another plot. Like, you'd have to introduce, like, and this is part, what is the scheme? What is the Al Ghul scheme? Yeah. If you well, introduce think, that area, that's, like, another 10 minutes. I think they could have given an equal amount of time. So, every, all the time we had for Bruce to make that decision, we could have had time for Terry 
to deal with that decision where we saw him talk with Max about it. And Max like, oh, you can have your night back. And maybe maybe we don't need to see Dana, but you could do something with that. You do something where he's with his family mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, we're going out to eat, you know, tomorrow night. Do you want to join us? And he can finally be like, yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's yeah. let's do that. I mean, I guess yeah. If they if we they spend some time in the new normalcy that would have been, mm-hmm. um, then it could have worked. I think probably the reason they avoided that was for the very reason of not having to explain how much time Bruce and Talia would spend together <laughs> with her as Roz. Yeah, just get them all for. <laughs> I've changed my mind. It should have been a two-part episode. <laughs> should have been a three-part episode. <laughs> yeah, so weird. Oh, there's a really crass joke you made in there somewhere about the demon's head. But I, know, I was I was gonna go with uh, Talia has a very big fetish where she has to she has to dye her hair gray. <laughs> she has the temples too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else they could have done in a two-parter. Maybe have like. No, because because I, I mean the hard part with having this be a two parter is all the stories that we'd want to continue to see would revolve around Bruce going back to Gotham. Yeah, and they could I mean they could do that where he goes back, he does fight crime once, remembers the joy of it, and then feels the re aging process happening, mm-hmm. and so then it then it kind of turns into a drug episode oh, of like now I'm dependent on the Lazarus Pit. Yeah. And so then he goes back and then that's when Talia knew he was going to come back. And then you have the whole setup mm-hmm. of like, okay, you're back. Now I'm going to lock you up. And now it's, you know, it could have been like a confirmation for her that it's working on him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There, there's something they could have done there. What if, what if they hadn't done the twist of Roz being inside Talia's body? And what if he had actually been there and, this was her, it was actually Talia. Like, what if she had gone to all this length to set up Bruce to be like used as a as a, a human puppet, whatever for mm. Roz? Like, I think it would have been a little too similar to like the Bane episode, where it's just the old villain is just old. Yeah, and I guess they did they already do. Oh, didn't they try and put Roz inside Superman's body at one point? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Right? There was definitely an episode with Roz and Superman, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that was the demon's quest. No, the demon's quest was No, the demon's head was the No, demon's quest was a two-parter. The demon reborn. Yeah, that was the, the Superman episode where I they try Yeah. Oh no, they they, they siphon <laughs> I think we had a guess on that episode. <laughs> they, they, they siphon. That's right. They're trying to siphon Superman's life force to go into Roz's body. Mm. That's right. See, sometimes these things uh, make sense. Uh, so, all, so in the end, the pit blows up. Talia presumably blows up with it. Mm. There was a, there was a sword fight, and I really wish that the bat suit had some kind of sharp weapon because I wanted another sword fight. Yeah. Even if Terry would lose immediately. Well, first he'd have to lose his shirt. Per, Wait, he, it, it gets cut. Per, per the rules of engagement when fighting with Roz. Uh-huh. Yes. Cowl on. Cowl sure on, not. no shirt. But I mean, she, <laughs> but she couldn't be topless because it's still a kid's show. Sports bra. Yeah. Unless it's, it's Roz's body. And 
Yeah. Roz's body with some like strategic padding in places yeah. to give the illusion. Yeah. Cause you know, male nips, totally fine. Totally fine. Also, I do want to reiterate this this whole point here. Like, if Roz and Bruce had hooked up, that would actually make sense. Cause I'm sorry, if you're immortal, you better be pansexual. Oh yeah. Like if you can live, like you would if you can live for that long, you're gonna fuck everything. <laughs> Like I saw someone like oh, it was like on Instagram saying that they they don't believe whenever there's a straight vampire in a piece of fiction because what vampire wouldn't fuck everybody and everything? Mm-hmm. If you live forever, you're gonna do it all. Yeah, you're not gonna choose what blood you suck. Yeah, you're gonna suck everything. Yeah, and everybody. You I'm not alone on this you one. <laughs> no, I, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally <laughs> back that up. Yeah. God, I don't mean, you know, you have one life to live, but if that life is going to go on forever, just enjoy it all. Yeah. It's just a smorgasbord. Uh, so the thanks for listening explodes. to this. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. And no, well, the big line at the end. Very important line, I thought. Which uh, one? You, I can, you, when, when you're ter- going out. Huh? Oh, sorry, no, when Terry's like... I could go back and sit in and, and oh, yeah. Bruce is like whatever whatever's in there back, died years ago. It was in there died years ago, which was I like had to chew on for a little while. What do you got what did you guys think of think he meant by that? Well, I think it relates to both characters. It's Talia is not there. Correct. The one he would want to save is dead. Correct. And the one he wouldn't want to save, you know Should have died. Should have died years ago. Ages and also ago. he the lengths that he went to stay alive are so unnatural. That's right. That he, you know, in his eyes, he's been, you know, in Bruce's eyes, he's Roz has been dead since 2009. Or way earlier. Or, yeah, we were yeah. Way, the first time. Yeah, I think it lines up with, with, with a line where he says, like, it's unnatural. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's okay with death, even if he had the chance of letting him die. Because it is because it does go against nature, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think in that case he's willing to let somebody die. And and I don't think which is it's, heavy, yeah. which is heavy. I, I don't think. Well, Terry does it all the time. Yeah, Bruce. Will, yeah, Terry <laughs> lets everyone die. Yeah. For Bruce, it's, poor Carl. it's not that he fears death. It's he fears being unhelpful. So who, who? Bruce. Did I say Terry? I meant Bruce. No, no I, you, said, uh, you said Bruce. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Bruce. yeah. He doesn't fear death. He he fears not living. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that's just the biggest difference between him and Roz. But there, there's definitely like a subtextual element to that comment, you know, because it's not just that Talia died in there, it's not just that Roz died in there, but it's also the chance of Bruce getting his youth back and getting to relive mm. his former self. Like, you know, it's that's him also acknowledging that that part of him died a long time ago. That part mm-hmm. of him is mm-hmm. gone. It's not coming back, and it's him. It's kind of him accepting age by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. That's good. See? Paul Dini, great writer. He's great. Knows his shit. Uh, Vasilis, why don't we start off with you? What do you have to plug this week? What have you um, been watching, listening, reading to, enjoying, imbibing, any of these things? Not, not a ton. Uh, I'm, I work a lot, and I'm planning a wedding. Those are very so, time-consuming things. But one, <laughs> any good wedding-related plugs <laughs> yeah. for those who I'm are in a similar to, position? Let me just plug weddings. Let me plug getting, let, not getting married, planning a wedding. Planning a wedding. <laughs> Everyone's favorite part of a uh, wedding, all of the stuff that did, happens beforehand. Did I tell beforehand. you I wrote a groomsman magazine when I was in college? You wrote a... Sorry, sorry what? 
when I was in college, I wrote and designed a groomsman magazine. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What? What was in it? <laughs> Wait, what? What? It was called Dapper. Fits. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, this is real. Is this a real magazine or is it just for a project? It was for a project. Got it. But uh, I didn't realize we didn't have to write the articles ourselves, but uh-huh. I did. Uh, okay. It was a. It was our first group project, and I was the creative lead for our group. Uh, and we had to write, you know, uh, five mini articles and two uh, kind of like main components for a mag. You know, make it like a real magazine. Mm-hmm. Had to design all the ads for it, all the graphics for it, and everything. Yeah. Uh, and it was awesome. I, I gave it to my uh, my cousin who was getting married when I was working on it, and uh, she was planning a wedding, and her fiance was not helping very much, and so it was, it was for him. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> that was that's nice of you. Yeah. Yeah. I try and do whatever I, I, I do. I try and do whatever I can to help. But um, my new job has made me a public transit-er, mm-hmm. a bus dweller. So I've had a lot more time to read. So I actually have been reading. What have you been reading? And uh, I've got I've gotta plug I've gotta plug some Tolkien. This is a Tolkien that I that I had forgotten that I'd read a long time ago. It's a short story called Smith. Of Wooten Major, Chris, I'll give that to you. Okay, thank you. Um, I was like, oh, Jesus. It's a, sh- it's a short story. It's called Smith of Wooten Major. If you like kind of the themes and images and feelings of uh, Lord of the Rings, but you want it boiled down, this is something uh, that really boils it down. It, it brings it's like all, the kinds of characters, the kinds of themes, the feel of Lord of the Rings, but in a previous version. In a in a boiled in like a, in a in a condensed boiled down little package. It's a really great story. Nice, yeah. cool, yeah. So you can find it on in like various. Uh, uh, I'm I'm reading it. I'm reading it as part of a collection called the Tolkien Miscellany, but it's in various like co- Tolkien collections and stuff. Yeah, it's great. So Vasilis, I have a confession. Uh huh. You did not finish the Hobbit. I did finish the Hobbit. You did finish the Hobbit. I remember when you said I'm gonna read the Hobbit. It took me. Two months hmm. to get to the Hobbit. Wow! You just didn't want to keep picking it up. Nope. <laughs> Even I read the Hobbit. I gotta admit, it was a bit of a slog. You think it was a slog? A little bit. I will. I will say that I was surprised how contemporary the prose was. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you go back to those early stuff, like even old, um, like Doyle in terms of Sherlock Holmes, or like Jules Verne, yeah, yeah. some of the stuff you go back yeah, and it's yeah. like. The prose is kind of there, but I, yeah, it just was a little boring. It's not, Ooh. it's not Ooh. your, yeah, I wouldn't say that it was boring in my opinion, Fighting but, words. Mm-hmm. but it, it, it is definitely not, uh, your traditional like story structure. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's what, great. I enjoyed what I, it. What I did find was was interesting is that uh, Tolkien does the exact opposite of J.K. Rowling. She like saves all of her plot to the very end. Tolkien decides to jettison it at the last minute and not have an ending. Uh, well, it, thematically, it's <laughs> the ending is more thematic. It's almost like it's not so plot driven as it is thematic. I mean, you got to have a big battle, which doesn't happen on page at all. Not really. It gets kind of knocked out for most of it. Yeah, it gets knocked out for most of it, but. No, I think I, I think I, I don't know. I think the character. I think it's it's. You're right. It's it's for Tolkien. It's pretty informally written, but it's still beautifully written. Would you say that like the writing is that that you enjoy the writing of it, or do you, yeah. did you not ex- enjoy the actual like plot of it? 
there were times that I was enjoying it. And part of it, too, is I have seen the Hobbit trilogy. Oh, boy. So I basically knew what was going to happen going through it. Uh And this might even be more so blasphemous, but I thought they did a good job adding some things in the movies in terms of um, basically just building action scenes out of places where nothing happens. Like mm-hmm. I love the water barrel chase in the second mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked, they actually flesh out the battle of five armies, even though it's done terribly and they completely wasted Billy Connolly, which was the only moment of excitement in that entire movie for me was I heard his voice. And then he was this horrible CGI weird dwarf yeah. on a hog thing. Yeah. Um, that was really, I weird. thought they did a, good job in the movie of expanding the part where the dwarves are actually inside the mountain interacting with smog because basically they go in none of the dwarves interact with schmag it's just <laughs> bilbo who like has a quick little chat with him and then smog gets pissed off and flies off and then gets killed by a character that was introduced five pages earlier mm-hmm. so i liked they fleshed out a little bit more uh bard especially because it's played by luke right. evans who is fantastic right um i liked the action sequences they built around them inside the k inside the mountain and like restarting the furnace and stuff mm-hmm. and actually having them interact with the dragon so i thought there were times when they added stuff in the movie that was to its benefit the whole love story with what's her bucket and what's really his bucket weird. tilly mm-hmm. the hot one mm-hmm. um aiden turner speaking of aiden's uh yeah that sort of stuff wasn't necessary yeah but yeah he he definitely played tolkien definitely plays by his own rules he doesn't he doesn't get like follow like traditional a plot structure or, or or give attention to character development that that we think that generally most people think is is necessary he definitely plays for his own by his own rules but if you zoom out and you focus on the actual like uh the actual journey of bilbo uh through through the movie you do see like the growth and the evolution oh of yeah it. like i liked his and, arc yeah his arc and then I think there's just like just like that that very subtle like smirk that that's on Tolkien's face as he's writing as you're reading. I really really love. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have a very heavy reliance on Deus Ex Machina though. Um, well, it like with like with with Bard and with Gandalf always popping up. At Gandalf the last pops up whenever but he needs whenever he needs and to. Think, but like also, I think like, Gandalf is hilarious in The Hobbit. He is not like super nice and friendly. He's kind of he's kind of like an old codger, and that's that's what Gandalf does. He he disappears and he appears at the right if, moment. That's just were, who he is. If it were just Gandalf, it would just be Gandalf. But it's yeah. Gandalf. It's the the hawks twice. They're eagles. The pigeons. The I don't think you actually read this book. The pigeons <laughs> twice. Did you just it's, read a summary the, on Wikipedia? The goblins show up just out of the blue for no reason, basically, at the end. Like, they didn't establish at all their presence from, like, the beginning until the end of the book. They just, like, show up at the end, like, oh, my God, there's goblins here, too. Oh, thank well, God not- they showed up. Now we all have a villain. We can, like, unite and fight together rather than fighting each other. Well, just because we weren't with, we weren't with the goblins through the whole the whole time doesn't mean that like there there was that inciting incident yes. with the goblins Thus, and then they and then they and again and then it just evolved they evolved on their their plans evolved on their own and they show up ha- at the end again thus the use of deus ex machina which is basically an event happens without having been set up at all by it the writer set up. it's been it was set up in the goblin nope. cave with with bilbo nope. and the dwarves it was set, set up. up it was set up Camera so. was set up 
because I've been intending for years to tend to read these, and yeah. I read it, and I'm like, I can probably skip reading The Lord of the Rings. If you don't like The Hobbit, I definitely don't think you would like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You would like Lord of the Rings. Wait, what? I don't think that you would like Lord of the Rings if oh, you okay. didn't like The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. I did not, know. Yeah. I was like, at a certain point, I was just stubborn, like, I'm going to finish this fucking book, but I was not particularly glad about it. But if you wanna if you wanna get the feel of Lord of the Rings in a very small package, mm-hmm. read Smith of Wooten Major. I doubt I will. But thank you. Yeah. Did you ever read Earthsea? <laughs> huh? Did you ever read Earthsea? I read one book of Earthsea in um, I think it was just called A Wizard of Earthsea. Yeah, that's the first one. The first one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I read that in college for uh, my magic lessons class, Ooh. which was a class on fantasy literature. Wait, that's awesome! I would yeah. love to take that class. Yeah, it was a great class. It was hard. It was mm-hmm. like a real literature class, but it was it was good. Yeah, because I mean that's one of the things I love discussing. As you hear me say multiple times on this, is, uh-huh. is you know, uh, power struggle and and kind of the idea of a, a power system uh-huh. created through magic. How do you make it? Yeah, not over overwhelming mm-hmm. and not also seem uh, infinite. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a whole episode about Hobbit politics in uh, on my on my podcast on tolkien takeaway on tolkien takeaway um about the pol- about politics in the hobbit mm-hmm. yeah you should listen to that <laughs> i am desperate for mole tolkien after reading the hobbits <laughs> but no um what are you chris what are you plugging this week <laughs> ironically one of my plugs is won't you be my neighbor which is all about acceptance <laughs> and kindness <laughs> Clearly, um, that message stuck yeah, with him it did very not, well. It did not settle in at all. Uh, no, I finally watched uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor." It is great. I'm surprised great. it took you this long. It's amazing. Oh no, I didn't see it in theaters. Um, yeah, I, I finally sat down to watch it uh, this week in basically like two parts, and it's really, really good. Like his story, is super interesting, and it's it's just very, very sweet and warm. And um, especially by the time I was getting to the end of it, I was just like sitting on my couch by myself, crying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I've also discovered that when I cry during movies, it's like it's like bro tears. It only comes out of the left side of my face. Like only my left eye cries, and it's like one at a time. And your your face is like completely still. And yeah, I'm like, like otherwise you would not like... notice any sort of change. Yeah. It's just my normal like frown, yeah. my default look uh-huh. of <laughs> indignation, but just like one tear slowly dripping down at a time. Yeah. But uh, it's really, really good. Mm, yeah, it's great. Well, they're making a sim- the same way they did uh, R- RGB and Arbiga. yeah RGB and um, Battle on, of the Sexes on the basis of sex on the basis of sex. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> not not the <laughs> on the battlefield of the sexes. Well, no, the Battle of the Sexes was a tennis movie. Yes, Love is a battlefield and, of the sexes. Yes, because mm-hmm. um, they're doing a a Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks. Yes, yeah. perfect casting if I I've ever heard it in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it's a it's a great great documentary. I recommend seeing it. Uh, I also watched Us, the oh, new yeah. new Jordan Peele movie, which is I know neither of you have seen it. I know Cameron won't. I will not see it. I'll probably see it just because I love Get Out so much. Yeah, um, it's it is. I don't do well with horror. Neither do I. Right. So I'm it's, not watching it. Like, what I will say is I'm not a horror person either. I'm I'm starting to get into horror. But you're a good movie person. Yeah. So yeah. I I am interested in movies regardless of their genre that are really well made sure and there are definitely horror films that are great um who like they're so good that they kind of surpass their own genre in terms of quality sure and uh so i really loved get out 
And I, I did really, really enjoy this. Like it's definitely made by a master filmmaker. The performances, the visuals, the music, the tone is great. It's very, it's surprisingly funny. Yeah. That it's actually, it's, actually, it's really funny. Um, Winston Duke, who most people know as M'Baku, the, the rival tribe leader from Black, Black Panther is as the dad. And he's just like dad jokes galore, the whole thing, which <laughs> is my soft spot of comedy. Uh-huh. Um, and Lupita Nyong'o is amazing. Everyone's really, really good in it. Um, the story didn't quite work for me is like the one thing I will say. Um, but I think it's still like really, really good. And I do recommend people go see it. And even if you're not a horror person, yeah. I think it spends a surprising amount of time outside of that genre trope to still be really, really good. Um, when it's horror, it's really good horror, but it's uh, it's much more than just that. So if you are reticent to see horror films, I think it's still worth your time. Cameron, I mean, I'll I'll probably watch it when it comes out on when it's released. It's it's released on DVD. Sorry, no, go see it. It's better in theaters. I, I need comfort of my own. I need the ability to pause it when I'm when I'm done. <laughs> See, I I disagree with that. Yeah, I think you can't that, do that for movies. Yeah, I think movies that are especially grounded in tension, really you have to see when you can't be interrupted. Uh, other movies that are really tense or movies that are really boring, <laughs> see them in a theater mm. so you can't pause and get up and leave. I'm not going to have a silence effect again. <laughs> oh, We're just going to okay. watch it all together with Cameron... Chain. It's gonna be like, uh, like two thousand, not two thousand one. What's the other one? Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. Clockwork Orange style. Forces eyes open. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it's not happening. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's good. Go and see it. Okay. So sure. Yeah, that's me this week. Okay. What about you? <clears throat> uh, I'll plug Dropout because I didn't really watch a lot this week. Uh, Dropout is a great streaming service on my college humor, uh, where they have kind of weekly shorts that they put out every now and then. The the game show that I consistently talk about, I'm actually is yeah. on there. Um, have I talked about I'm actually? Yeah. Okay. It's great. Yeah. Um, they have a new one called um, the Break Room. I think is what it's called, uh, where it's just they bring it's it's run by one of the college humans writers, and she brings in three comedians mm-hmm. and just asks them like it's supposed to be like a joke philosophy room, which she asks them just a random question of you know what is. Uh, so the first one is like, what is the best invention that hasn't been invented yet? And then it's them kind of arguing. Oh. They, they come in prepared, but they all pick two inventions. Yeah. And it's them kind of be like, okay, uh, the invention, that, the best invention that hasn't been invented yet is uh, the heated glove box for when I want takeout <laughs> and I don't want it to get cold in oh. that four minute drive between... The restaurant in my house. That's all the difference when it comes to French fries. Oh, absolutely. They make a whole point about that. It really does, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That Uh, is genius. Yeah, it's really fun. And so the the one Ford. The the one this week was Tesla. uh, Yeah. yeah. Yes. Especially you, Tesla. Uh the one this week was what is the Can you drive down the road or can you keep your French fries warm? You pick. Uh the one this week was uh what is the coolest accidental death? Uh, what was the answer? And so they all, they all pitched two ideas. Okay. Um, the one that I enjoyed the most was, um, scuba diving fire. It's a very, it's a very outlandish idea, but the idea is it's somewhat, there's a forest fire going on and it's the, it's the plane that comes and like mm. picks up all the water to go yeah. put out on the mm-hmm. fire. When they pick up the water, there's a person scuba diving, not realizing 
there's I, that's an old I, I, like snope snopes snopes yeah thing. Th- this mm. sounds like a plot of a csi miami episode yeah yeah or like an ncis mm-hmm. when you're in like your 12th season you desperate ideas actually i'm pretty sure this was an episode of ncis okay. well it's, it's very funny uh they have that, that show they have um this amazing competition show called total forgiveness where it's two two of the writers have un, i know a lot of college debt and so they're challenging each other to do tasks completely out of their comfort zone if they do it uh the company is paying off part of their college debt jeez uh, and so some of it has been like uh, a girl who is one of the girls is deathly afraid of snakes and so in the middle of the night the guy grant was going to show up at her apartment with a snake and she had to stay in bed with it for 15 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Not telling her what kind of snake it was. So he showed up with uh, uh, an, an anaconda. Uh, you know, a trained snake. Uh-huh. But, yeah, you know, it's it's very... I don't know how, how well you can train a snake. Exactly. Okay. They'll still kill you. Also, by the way, <laughs> uh, season one, or season two, episode five of CSI Miami... Excuse me. CSI, the original. Okay. Episode entitled scuba doobie doo amazing and it's about them coming across a scuba diver in a tree dead in a tree that uh, also you're right the top link was a snopes article yeah. about this <laughs> not true right not true. uh let's let's see claim claim here uh the charred remains of a scuba diver were discovered in a tree after forest fire false yeah. oh and sorry one one super last plug for dropout uh for the history nerds they have a show every Monday called What the Fuck 101, uh, where it's a magic school bus style show, animated show, uh-huh. where the teacher brings them to just the most bizarre points in history, okay. explaining how dumb everyone is. Uh, and so the it's one like, last week was about, and there's a, there's a theme. Mm-hmm. So one last week was all about partying. Uh, and it was like a 14th century king <laughs> wanted to surprise his the queen at her birthday party. And so him and his knights dressed in like straw outfits to try mm-hmm. and look like, uh, like cra- not crazy people, like kind of like aliens. Yeah. Uh, a very flammable straw ran inside the party and they all caught on fire. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good accidental way to die, actually. Yeah. A little uh, crossover mojo there. There was a, like a, a ship. Again, it was like 14th, 15th century. Uh, there was a, a boating captain who requested to have the prince and all of his friends on his boat. I don't remember where they were. Probably talking like to India. Uh, and everyone got drunk before they took off. And before the king could board, uh, they took off anyway and immediately crashed. And everyone on board died. Yes. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, there's rumors that the boat, the guy, the captain didn't die, uh, but just drowned himself. Out of shame. He did. Yeah. Rather than face the consequences of his actions. Uh, all right. I think it's time for us to be done. I think it's fine. At this point now, uh, Vasilius, uh, where can people find you if you want them to do so? And do you have anything uh, you want to plug? Any self-related things yeah. to plug podcasts um, yeah, whatnot y- yeah there's actually we're so i'll give you guys three guesses as to where we're going for our honeymoon oh, i already know unless um, it's changed since the last time we talked middle earth yeah right on we are yeah, we're going going to new- are real cheap these days we're going to new zealand that's for awesome our honeymoon. yeah so in uh there is there there are uh some plans in the works to resurrect 
Tolkien takeaway, my beloved podcast. Mm-hmm. I've only Do done, it. I've only done six episodes and I've taken a very long hiatus, always with the intention of coming back when I have more time and I'm more suited to do so and the life aligns a little bit more with it but so i'm really excited to uh start to get that back on track um with some uh some little special features from new zealand that'll be awesome um yeah so it's it's name of the podcast is tolkien takeaway you can find it on soundcloud and itunes um and uh i'm on twitter at at tolkien takeaway and on facebook at uh, Tolkien takeaway. Uh, you can find me if you want to <laughs> see my art. You can find that at Cameron.dexter. If you want to see my face, you can find that at CamDexter underscore adventures. Yeah. Yeah. And I am at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I also have my other podcast, of course, Gay It Forward. All that's in the show notes below because I can never remember my actual handles. Perfect. Uh, and then, of course, we as a collective podcast are at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and gmail if you also think i'm a monster for hating the hobbit yeah <laughs> write in and tell me as such monster. or your ideas of the hannah barbera multiverse yes but send those just to cameron i don't need to hear that shit yeah or just use the instagram because sometimes i read the instagram messages it's true occasionally he doesn't work outside of the podcast uh but thank you as always for listening and Vasilius, thank you for joining us yeah thank you guys thank you for your first time being on this podcast yeah i guys. know never had you on before guys real pleasure congrats i'm really really proud of you guys thank for you. for clearing 100 episodes thank you nobody thought that you would do it we didn't nobody thought that us. you would do it well but no i i truly get a lot of enjoyment out of listening and uh and and coming on this journey with well, you guys. Well, thank you. So we, we appreciate really that. We, um, so thank you for everything that you guys Yeah, have. we mostly just right. do it out of force of habit at this point, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's more work to stop. Don't for, ruin it. For Don't socialization. Ruin it. <laughs> Don't ruin it for me. Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. And uh, thank you, everyone else, for listening as well. Yeah, see you next week. Bye.